A bada bing bada bam. Welcome to this week's Bacon Mystery, Bacon Murder episode. I feel like I haven't done one in New York for a while, so uh, we're back at it again. Listen, a good old murder mystery never ceases to catch my attention. And Knives Out 2nd Edition Glass Onion was one of those movies. I don't know if it was as good as Knives Out, the original movie, but it was super vibey. Okay, it's very White Lotus-esque. If you like anything Agatha Christie, if you like any of these trapped together in a room or let's say a private island with a ton of suspicious people and people keep getting killed and you have no idea why or who and the lights go out and then someone ends up dead, this is that type of movie for you. It is literally Agatha Christie, but with more comedy. It's so freaking good. So with that being said, let's get into it. And we're making some milk cookies. I've never done this before. Okay, everything in China is like milk, milk, milk. You guys don't even like milk, do you? We like milk. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. okay, so what's the first step of this? Well, actually, why don't I get started with the story first? Because The Glass Onion is actually a pretty long movie. The movie starts May 13, 2020. The start of the pandemic. 2020? Oh yeah, an intense time for all, but potentially even more tense for, I don't know, the politicians. Not because they have real problems, nay nay, but it's because they wanna make sure that they do the right thing to get reelected. So they're in the hot seat. Everyone's looking at the politicians like, what are you gonna do about the economy? What are you gonna do about lockdowns? Like the governor of Connecticut, for example, Claire DeBella, she's trying to balance everything at once. She's got hot rollers in her hair. She's on the phone. She's signing for packages, making pancakes in one hand, signing for packages. She's got her, she's doing everything, okay? She's like the mom who can do it all. She's about to do an interview with CNN in her little library. Meanwhile, her husband is doing nothing but eating breakfast and letting their kids run amok like little chickens with their heads cut off. Anyway, Claire hops on live interviews with CNN from the comfort of her home study library in her house to be relatable. You know, she's trying to say, look at me. I'm just like you. I'm stuck inside with the kids. We're all losing our minds. Hee hee ha ha. But she's also a really intense governor. She gets on CNN to tell everybody, I I'm a hard line on climate change. If that scares you, go stick your head in the sand. Okay, loves it, loves it. The news anchor brings up the fact that her campaign is mainly backed by a billionaire by the name of Miles Braun. Please leave a comment if this billionaire is reminiscent of a real life billionaire. Okay. He is the founder of a, of a very fancy tech giant called Alpha. <laughs> it has dozens of companies from Alpha Cosmos, Alpha Car, Alpha Shop. Alpha does everything, everywhere. Meanwhile, inside the Alpha office, billionaire Miles Braun is nowhere to be seen. The lead head scientist is the one working into the light day in, day out. His name? Sleeping in the factory? Yeah, his name uh. is Lionel Toussaint, okay? He's kind of in a pickle. This wait, is the wait, head wait. scientist. Miles Braun is not sleeping in the factory. He's oh. in his um, island, private island. Miles Braun, the owner, his boss, wants him to clear some sort of proprietary substance that's gonna take their company to the next level, okay? But Lionel, he's a scientist. He doesn't think that it's safe enough to be heading into production quite yet. He doesn't wanna hear it, right? He thinks it's about time we head into market with this. Lionel tries to consult with the other executives on the team, and they're all in this Zoom meeting. And one of them says, Lionel, we can't just sit here and cater to the whims and fancies of this lunatic. They're calling the billionaire a lunatic. Lionel seems to have a pretty strong sense of loyalty, though. He argues, yeah, but 
You know, genius always looks like insanity at first though, right? Like, isn't that how he became Miles Braun in the first place? Like, you guys have no idea. The man faxes me in the middle of the night. He loves his faxes. He doesn't even have a phone. He sends me his ideas via fax. You know what? You tell me. Genius or insanity? Here, this is a fax that I just got. He starts pulling out the papers, the faxes, holding them up to the camera for the fellow executives and scientists to look at at Alpha Company. Look, 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 look. Uber for Biospheres. I don't know. I mean, okay, maybe that's not a good one. Here's another one, okay? This one just says, um, AI in dogs equals discourse. Okay, I mean, what? so these aren't the best, but <laughs> remember that one? Remember that one? And the camera pans to the corner of the room where there is a fax, a piece of faxed paper that has been framed on a desk. And it's from Miles Braun to Lionel Tucson. And it said, child, equals NFT, <laughs> question mark. Lionel continues, we all laughed, but then the crypto kids app paid for this building. So how do you argue that? The executives are all rolling their eyes while Lionel gets up to sign for a package. So we're seeing a trend in this movie. The governor gets a package she's signing for, now the head scientist is getting a package, right? Lionel gets up, signs for the package, a fancy looking package. Now the executives try to reason with Lionel. Yes, we know. <laughs> Never bet against Braun, we know it. But he's asking us to put a volatile substance on a manned flight. Look, he won't listen. He just says, make it work. And what if it works? And the executives are fed up and they tell him over Zoom. This is science, not a religion, Lionel. Remember that. Because if your name is on this and it fails, it's gonna sink you forever. But Lionel has already checked out because he's opened the envelope that the box has come with and right there is a note addressed to him from Love Miles Braun, the billionaire. So this is the beginning of the movie. We get to see all the key characters that are going to be involved in this murder mystery and we see them all when they get their mysterious packages in the mail. So we have Claire the governor gets one, Lionel the head scientist, and the next one on the chopping block is a woman named Birdie J, Kate Hudson. Birdie is a supermodel turned fashion designer living in a posh penthouse in the middle of New York City. If I had to give her one of the seven deadly sins, it would probably be greed. Like she's sitting in this incredible New York City penthouse. Everybody around her is like doing drugs and getting drunk. And she's sitting there rolling her eyes and she's bored out of her mind. She's screaming for her assistant, Peg, 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 come here. I'm so bored. Peg, the only casually dressed one in a room full of people that are way too overdressed for like a random Tuesday in New York City, Peg comes and sit, sits in front of Birdie and puts down a box. The same one that everybody's already gotten. You got a box. Peg, please, I'm so bored. Please, can I have my phone? Peg, her assistant says, Birdie, no phones. Birdie's equally bored friends are sitting around her like, wait, why can't she have a phone? And Birdie rolls her eyes because she's afraid that I'll tweet an ethnic slur. <laughs> Again! Yeah, so no more phones for the rest of the media cycle, Birdie. We already agreed on this. I didn't even know that term referred to Jewish people. I thought it was slang for, like, cheap. Peggy's like, oh yeah? You wrote J-E-W-I-E. And you didn't know it was a blur against Jewish people? God, everybody's so woke these days, it's out of control. I say it like I see it, okay? No filter. And if people can't handle it, you guys, nobody's even listening to her, that's their problem. 
Peggy is ignoring her and she starts opening this giant box that they got in the delivery. What's this? I, I don't know, some guy just dropped it off, Bertie. The minute Bertie sees the name on that card, she's stoked, but the box is hard to even open. It looks like just solid mahogany wood. Like a block. It doesn't even look like a box, really. Oh, is it one of those puzzle box? Yes! Oh, love those. Governor Claire and Lionel, the head scientist, get on a call to try to figure it out together. So they're all friends. And Claire is like, what is this thing? Well, it's a Miles invitation. Yeah, well, duh, but what is it? Like, is it a block of wood? It's solid. There's no latches or invisible seams. The wood on the grain pattern is weird, though. It looks a little bit familiar, doesn't it? Oh, wait, hold on. Birdie's calling. Let me you add her into the green call. on the wood pattern? Yeah. Oh, you say wood on the green pattern. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and the governor is like, oh, wait, let me, uh, Birdie's calling. Let me add her to the call. And now it's a three-way call between the governor, her husband that is useless and standing next to her going, why can't we just open it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm the governor and you're stupid. Okay. <laughs> then we've got Lionel, who's on the phone, the head scientist, and now Birdie in the middle of her party. Hi, Birdie. Lionel's on the line too. Hey, so how do you open this thing? Lionel, are you there? Can you do some sort of like science thing on this thing? I'm working on it. Oh, and has anybody talked to Duke yet? Now, introducing Duke to the guest list. We get to meet him because um, he's on a live stream. Because of course he is. The guy is in what looks like a garage. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's fully tatted up with a tank top. This guy is, think of, and I say this with so much love because this actor really nailed this character. Like, really pulled this character off. And I bet he's super fun to be around in person. But um, he looks like a meathead. Like a genuine meatball head. Like genuine, just, just so much muscle. He's fully tatted up with just a tank top on. And it's just, <laughs> the tank top has a lion emblem on it. <laughs> Which I think you already know what kind of guy this is. And Duke is ranting on the live stream about Jimmy Kimmel. And he says, Jimmy Kimmel, this message is for you. I do not hate boobs, Jimmy Kimmel. Boobs give us many useful things like milk and cheese. Breasts nourish our young till they age, where we can go out and hunt for them. Let's be honest, boobs are fun. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, right, babe? And in comes his girlfriend, Whiskey. That's her name. And she's definitely playing the dumb blonde part. And I say that she's playing it like she's playing it in the movie. Not that, like, I think that she's playing dumb even in the movie. Just hear me out, okay? Anyways, because her first line that she says in the entire movie is... I love my boobs, they're so much fun. Sorry, feminist. And then she leaves the live stream, okay? And then Duke takes over again and he goes on a rant about what he calls the breastification of America. I mean, that's what it is. A breakdown of the natural order, evolutionary truths that go back billions of years. So when you're asking a young man in America to slow down so a woman can catch up, and he's about to finish this powerful, brain cell-less sentence, okay? When a woman screams his name, Duke, Dookie. He turns off his live stream, runs into the house, and uh, I guess he was filming in his mom's garage, and he's pissed. He approaches this old lady who's holding a laundry basket full of his clothes, and she says, Dookie, you gotta answer me when I call you. Mom, will you shut it? We've been over this a million times, I told you. When me and Whiskey are alive, you gotta let us. She calmly passes him laundry basket and then slaps him across the face. Did you tell your mother to shut up? His macho man facade slips. I'm sorry, it's just when we're live, 
And she says, "What?" I said, "I'm sorry when we're when you're what?" Jeez, mom. Okay, I'm just sorry. Okay, you got a delivery in the kitchen. And you see Governor Bertie Lionel and now Duke stressing over the box. But when Duke approaches his own box, um it's completely broken. Like there's just mechanical screws everywhere. Uh-huh. What do you mean he yeah. smashed it? No, his mom smashed it. So oh. I guess anger issues run in the family. And oh. you can hear the mom in the background going, It's a stereogram. I don't know, guys. She did something to it. It, it opened up. I don't know. She broke it, okay? And Lionel <laughs> says, A stereogram. Claire's trying to listen. A what? A what? But Lionel is already doing his thing. He puts his finger in front of his eyes, in front of the wood grains of this box, okay? And he pulls his finger forward to the side until his eyes zone in and out. Like, you know how you can almost zone out on something? Yeah. And the sides kind of warp? He yeah. does that. And the grains on the box, they all become still, except one grain points to a center little piece. And he's like, ding, ding, ding. He puts his finger to that point presses it open, and the box mechanically whirs and opens. But the puzzle isn't over. It's not about how to open the box. There's more. There's more multiple puzzles inside of the box, and they all sort seem to be kind of confusing. The first one is just a big square with a bunch of little squares inside, and inside those tiny little squares are randomly placed blue and red dots. They're all super stressed on the phone. Like, what kind of puzzle is this? Maybe we group them by size? By color? Like, how do we do it? There's silence before the governor speaks up. It's chess. It's a chess board. It's the final move. It's set up for a made and one. Should I? And Lionel's like, do it. She moves the piece to checkmate. And they all move their pieces accordingly. The box clicks and another puzzle is replacing it. Brittany is super excited. She's like, I know this one. It's tic-tac-toe. <laughs> and the governor says, yes, but it's already solved, so it can't be tic-tac-toe. And Bertie says, no, it's tic-tac-toe. <laughs> yes, Bertie, it is. Thank you for contributing. Bertie is useless, but at least her assistant isn't. She points out that there's a little bit of um, some levers and buttons underneath the tic-tac-toe board, which means the tic-tac-toe is actually Morse code, you guys. The X's and O's are dots and dashes, so that's... And then they tap the symbols onto the little clicker underneath the tic-tac-toe board with Morse code. Click, 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 click. Another panel is unlocked and it makes a mechanical whirring sound and it's like They're getting deeper and deeper into this wooden box. And now a puzzle. One of those puzzles where you have one empty space. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To move things around, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. You know those are really expensive. Yeah. Those like puzzle boxes. Yeah. And something like this, it's got to be custom made, hand built. Yes. I'm sorry, how do you know the puzzle market so well? I love it. I, I actually got a box. Imagine he tries to propose to me in one of those boxes. But <laughs> we, that's why we actually haven't gotten married yet, guys, because I'm still on the first puzzle. <laughs> and now you have one of those puzzles where you know how every single square is filled with a design, but there's one empty square, so you have to move it around because yes. you can't take it out. And it spells out the number or the letter N, right? But they get through it. And Lionel says N, N. Why does it say N? N is for North. Turn the end to the north side. So they move the inside of the board, the inside of this box, to the north so that the end is facing the top. And then with a click of the mechanical words, boom, a little musical song starts playing. The governor starts panicking. Anybody know? Guys, it's music. Oh my god, it's music. And Bertie rolls her eyes. Are you making fun of me right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> what? And Bertie's like, well, I'm gonna shazam it. 
And the governor's like, what's that? Alexa, Shazam this song. And she moves over, okay? She steps away from Frayne, and there's like a coffee table with Alexa on there. And she's like, Alexa, Shazam this song. But at the party, a man sits down right next to Peggy, the assistant, and he says, hey, this is Bach. This is Little Fugue in G minor. Are you sure? Yeah. So Fugue is a beautiful musical puzzle based on just one tune. And when you layer this tune on top of itself, it starts to change and it turns into a beautiful new structure. Meanwhile, Bertie is still screaming at Alexa, Alexa, Shazam the song. And then finally, she looks up and announces, guys, <laughs> it's just a lamp. I don't follow. She was talking to just a lamp, thinking it was Alexa. She doesn't know what Alexa is? No, she thought freak? it was like a glowing orb and she thought what it was an heck? Alexa, yeah. She, um, guys, it's not gonna Shazam, it's an Alexa. There, it's a lamp. Lionel suggests that they lift um, up the middle button and the whole box starts whirring until new puzzles are exposed. A whole new tune. They sit there and they start solving the other puzzles. We get a cute little montage. We don't really get to know these puzzles. And in the end, it's time to press the button to reveal whatever this box is genuinely supposed to be about. The ultimate gift that Miles could have ever given them. What would he want to give them in the first place? Lionel suggests they open it all together on the count of one, two, three. And the box whirs closed and then it opens again, but in a completely different way to expose a beautiful glass egg in the center. Glass onion? Yeah. What? And that one opens up like, you know when you dice an onion and it just spreads open like a blooming onion? Mm-hmm. It opens like that and it involves inside a blue note card, a tiny little card with the all-seeing eye emblem. And it has written on there, my dear friends, my beautiful disruptors, my closest inner circle, we could all use a moment of normalcy. And so you are cordially invited for a long weekend on my private island where we will celebrate the bonds that connect us. And I hope your puzzle solving skills are wedded because you will also be competing to solve the mystery of my murder. Travel details to come. Please forward any dietary restrictions. Love and all my kisses, Miles. And everyone is so freaking excited. Are you kidding me? A private island? A billionaire's private island? Are Alcatraz they all just friends? Never. Yeah, they're all friends. These are like his closest friends, which are like, what a weird group of friends, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing I thought, okay? Everyone is so excited, but ultimately, you know, they're a little bit nervous. Birdie is dancing around her little New York City penthouse. Her friends are cheering her on. Duke is trying to pack his spear gun. Do you know what a spear gun is? It's basically like those yeah. automatic arrow shooters. Whatever that is. But in a garage somewhere, there is a woman. Janelle Monet. I love her so much. Holy shit, okay? But she's in her bathrobe, and she's looking at her box. She puts on safety goggles, and in pure anger, she breaks open the box without solving any of the puzzles. Just pure anger, pure hatred, and she finds a note inside. You could have just done that, honestly. Wait, so this is the fifth me yeah. member? Okay. Uh-huh. And she looks stressed and determined. A very different energy from the rest of the characters who are so excited when they read the note. And then we have our main guy. The one from movie number one, our beloved detective, Benoit Blanc, Danielle Craig, okay, my mother's favorite James Bond. But in this movie, he's not the charming, suited up man that we saw. He's depressed. He's in his bathtub. He's, he hasn't gotten out of the bathtub in over a week. His friends are trying to get him to play Among Us, but it's not working. He's a great detective, horrible at Among Us for some reason. Horrible. It's always him. 
and he's always the one and he always gets caught. He sucks at it. And he's smoking a cigar and he's totally in his feels. He explains, you know, lockdown is hard. I've already lost myself in between the cases. It's been driving me insane. My car is like a fueled up race car and I got nowhere to drive it. The friend's like, okay, well I hate to ask, but have you tried crosswords? Wait, no, 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 no. I don't need puzzles or games. The last thing I need is a vacation. I need, I need danger. <laughs> I need a hunt, a challenge. I need a, I need a great, great case. And his partner calls for him. Blanc, there's someone here for you with a box. And just like that, dramatically, we are taken on a White Lotus-esque trip to the beautiful private island owned by Miles Braun. Well, before we get there, we're gonna dock in Greece, okay? Blanc is the first one there, waiting at the docks with his little suitcase. Then he's joined by Lionel and Claire, the governor. They both come together. And Bertie brought her assistant, Peggy, who is carrying all of her bags. They're all wearing masks, of course, because it's the pandemic. Bertie, of course, is wearing a mesh mask. It's like not COVID protocol at all, but it, it matches her outfit, right? And she's immediately intrigued by the stranger. Lionel and Claire immediately recognize him. Oh my God, are you Benoit Blanc? Benoit Blanc! I, I, seriously, the, the detective? <laughs> Didn't you solve the murder of, oh my God, what's her name, what's her name? Um, the ballet dancer, the, 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 the thing that's, anyway, that's you? Yes, yes it is, thank you. I'm familiar with all of you as well, Governor, Dr. Toussaint, Lionel, uh, Miss Bertie J. What an extraordinary gathering. And in a motorcycle comes Duke and his girlfriend, Whiskey. Hey guys, you meet my girl, Whiskey? The governor's eyes almost pop out. Whiskey? Whiskey. Whiskey. Nice to meet you. Hey, who's that? Uh, that's uh, Mr. Blanc. Oh, I was invited by Miles Braun. Oh, you tight with Miles? No, we never met. <laughs> the whole crowd is silent for a second before Lionel puts two and two together. I get it. The whole murder mystery thing. Benoit Blanc is gonna help solve the mystery of Miles's murders. And they all laugh like, oh, it's cute, it's cute, I like it. Well, we'll see, we'll see. You know, Blanc is like, don't get ahead of yourself, what if I don't solve it? And then a car pulls up and a man in a white suit gets out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Greece. This fine craft will take you to Mr. Bronze Island. It's a two hour journey. Your captain, Mr. Andino, will assist you with your luggage. But first, I'm gonna need you to remove your masks and extend your tongue. This will only be momentarily uncomfortable. And he's got a little gun. <laughs> it's like a white gun. It looks like a medical gun. And uh, he shoots each person in the mouth and a burst of air almost chokes them. They're gagging. They're mildly uncomfortable. Duke, the bad boy, is talking in third person all the time. And he's like, no pineapples in that, right? Duke don't dance with pineapples. The guy's like, why would there be pineapples in this? Open up. And, um, <laughs> and he shoots him in the mouth and big boy Duke is... <laughs> And Blanc is talking to the governor on the side, awaiting their turn, and Blanc says, Seems I'm the odd one out. You guys are all friends. Yeah, Miles does one of these weekend reunions everywhere. Some nuts invitation and some extravagant trip. Bertie walks up to them. Eight years of doing these trips, and you're the first new person he's ever invited. You must be very special. And she starts stroking his shirt. Wow, this material. I love it. <laughs> uh... It's um, cotton, I think. And then the guy comes over, blows the air into Blanc's mouth, and he cryptically tells him he won't be needing his mask anymore. What? Wh why? Is that some sort of disinfectant or? 
I said you're good, sir. Get on the boat and have a nice trip, everyone. Wait, wait, wait. What does that mean? Maybe like, it's some sort of like COVID vaccination before there was one. Oh, yeah, like and a then, secret vaccination. Yes. And then they all slap on these like uh, very tech looking wristbands. Yeah, very, very Coachella meets tech. <sighs> and with that, everyone is shuffled onto this yacht. And before they can take off, another guest appears on the dock. A car appears and she gets out dramatically. The woman who angrily smashed open the first box. And the whole group look like they've seen a ghost. They look stressed and terrified. What an entrance she makes. Bertie is the first one to talk. And she's screaming from the boat, Andy! Hi! But then she whispers to everyone else, Holy shit. <laughs> and even on the yacht, Andy is a loner. She stands by herself overlooking the water, gripping the railings until her knuckles are white. Blanc, the ever-detective, is intrigued by her. He talks to Lionel. I could not help but notice the stir of her arrival. Yes, quite the stir, Mr. Blanc. She's not in your little gang? She was. Sh she is. Uh, Andy started Alpha with Miles ten years ago, just the two of them. Wait, you're telling me that's Cassandra Brand? Yeah, Andy, yeah. And they're no longer partners? In one legal move, he cut her out completely. Booted her without a dime. Basically social networked her. Lord, but he still invited her to this weekend? That doesn't make sense. The question isn't why did he invite her, Mr. Blanc. The question is, why did she show up? Because she probably hates him. Mm -hmm. And the two suspensefully stare at her, and she is quite the view. Can you blame them? Anyway, they arrive on the private island, and as they're about to dock, this um, almost ice sculpture-looking dock emerges from the water to greet them. And it's like mechanical, and there's statues on all sides of it. And uh, Lionel is talking to the captain of the boat, and he's like, Oh my god, is that dock Banksy? And the captain looks and smiles and goes, No, it's Pichichet. A what? It's like an artist, I guess. Oh, he's like, Pichichet, wow. That's cool. And he's like, Pichichet, I've never heard of him. I can't go <laughs> And Miles is on the beach waiting for them, playing his little guitar. Everyone greets Miles like they're old pals, but there's definitely a rank of superiority here. It's clear that Miles is the one in charge and everybody knows it. So while they're comfortable around him, there's almost an edge as if a yearning to keep this happy facade in front of Miles. Even when Miles and Whiskey... Duke's girlfriend, the alpha male's girlfriend, hug for such a long time. Like, they hug for an abnormally long time. Why? I don't know. She's really hot, I guess. And he's, like, rubbing up her and down. <laughs> and then um, they're moaning to each other. They're like, nice to see you again. Your island is so sexy. And he's like, it's so sexy. And they're, like, rubbing up on each other. <laughs> and everyone, including Buff Duke, just watch from the side. Because what are you going to do? Tell billionaire Miles Braun to cut it out? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, out comes Detective Blanc and Andy, and Mr. Blanc is, oh, Mr. Braun, I cannot overstate my gratitude for this. Miles hugs Blanc, then he meets eyes with Andy, and he looks like he's seen a ghost. Like, the romantic in me is like, is he secretly in love with her? No, 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 this is Knives Out. No such a thing. Andy, you decided to come. I did. Awkward. This feels like a horrible weekend, like a wedding where everyone is sort of friends, but everybody also kind of hates each other, and then you guys are stuck together all weekend. Like, there's that tense awkwardness. Miles wants to start the weekend with a tour of the Glass Onion, and you start to see the cliques forming, and you also start to see that Miles is very obnoxious. He likes to use big words that don't really mean anything in all these sentences, you know what I mean? And uh, Andy and Blanc, the detective, seem to be the natural misfits. 
Since Andy seems unwanted here and Blanc is like the only outsider, never having known these people before, naturally they start introducing themselves to each other. And then they walk up the Glass Onion, aka their house. The Glass Onion is basically this huge mansion and on top of it, on the roof, is this glass ball. And that is Miles' office. It's literally a glass orb on top of a mansion. Everyone is clearly impressed by what a few billion dollars can buy. And uh, you know, Lionel is like, so what kind of staff does it take to run this type of place? Normally 50, but I send everybody home. I just wanna have a normal weekend with my old friends like the old days. And behind him, we see a giant AI dog carrying all their luggage into the house. <laughs> he says, just a normal weekend with my AI dog and my friends. Can we guess which billionaire they're trying to make fun of? <laughs> Look, this isn't some sort of rich asshole's house, he says. I mean, it's not even a house. It's a commune for creativity. And Blanc says, oh, I love it. Amazing. I love it. And uh, just when he says that, a big dong throughout the whole island. What was that? Oh, that's the hourly dong. Every hour on the island, you hear a dong to mark the hour. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Let's get you into your rooms first. Your rooms are assigned by which chakra I associate with you. And you guys have wristbands. It's a biomonitor. It's also the key to your room. What's and a chakra? Chakra is like energy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it'll lead you to your room using haptics. So I'm assuming it'll get stronger as you get closer to your room. Anyway, get settled in, get changed. We'll meet at the pool and we'll have a chill afternoon before the games begin. Did you guys go through the same New Year's resolutions as I did? I've already failed one of them. I was like, I am going to have 75% less screen time than normal. That did not happen. And we are only like two weeks into the new year. But one thing that always helps me stay on top of things is Daily Harvest. I started stocking my freezer with Daily Harvest back when we were in LA. And I still go a little crazy for my Daily Harvest, okay? Daily Harvest has harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more. And it's all built on organic fruits and vegetables. I particularly love their smoothies and soups. It is so easy and so delicious. Daily Harvest works directly with the farmers. They source the best ingredients and they freeze them at peak ripeness to lock in those flavors and those nutrients. I love the way that they never use artificial preservatives or artificial ingredients. They have this um, tomato and zucchini minestrone soup. I think I've had it like five times this week. I just heat it up and done. So good, so warm with like a piece of toast. It is perfect for this chilly weather. Also, they have hazelnut chocolate bites. Makes me want to cry thinking about how good they are. If eating well is a goal for 2023, let Daily Harvest support you on your journey. Go to dailyharvest.com baking to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com baking for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com baking. So while everyone gets settled, Miles singles out Mr. Blanc and wants a word with him in the Glass Onion, which is a super futuristic office that even Tony Stark would have been jealous of. Even the furniture looks like it's made out of pure crystal. It's crazy. And outside, you see a car that's orbiting on the roof. What? That's just turning and turning. Apparently that's Miles' favorite car. He calls it Baby Blue. He takes it with him everywhere, even to his private island. And uh, Mr. Blanc is like, well, why is it on the roof? Uh-huh. And he says, because there's nowhere to drive it to on the island, duh. <laughs> so you brought it to the island and just put it, okay, whatever. You know, and people say billionaires don't spend their money in good ways. Are you kidding me? And so Mr. Blanc is amazed. I'm just, 
I mean, wow, this is amazing. Wow, amazing. I'm so happy. You know, I'm just so happy to be here. If there's any role that you'd like me to play in these murder mystery games, I don't know. <laughs> as a detective, I'd be more than happy to oblige just to be included, just to be able to meet you. Mr. Blanc, I want to ask you, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. What are you doing here? Uh, you invited me. No, I didn't. <laughs> you sent me a box. Wait, you received a box? Yeah, the wooden box was delivered to my home with some sort of um, simple children's puzzles, which once I completed them, there was an invitation inside. Simple children's puzzle, he <laughs> yeah. said? Do you have that invitation? Well, yes, I do, sir. Yes, I do. And he passes the invitation to him. I'm sorry, I'm very confused. This is, uh... It, wait, is this part of the game? No, it's not. Well, this invitation is just like the other ones, but I didn't send it to you. And now hmm. there's no stopping Mr. Blanc. Well, how many of these boxes did you create? Mm-hmm. Five for each of my friends. No test boxes, no prototypes. No, my puzzle guy barely got the five done in time, and he apprenticed with Ricky Jay. And once the boxes are open and the puzzles are completed, is there any way to close them again to reset them? Hang on. Someone reset the box. Oh my god. Someone reset the box and sent it to you as a gag. Miles is doing a murder mystery. Let's invite Benoit freaking Blanc. Oh my That's so fucking good! I am mortified, sir. I don't, I, 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 why? I've got the pre-definite detective in the world at my murder mystery party? Like, this is so legit. Mr. Braun, I've learned through bitter experience that an anonymous invitation is not to be trifled with. Blanc is freaked out, honestly, because that's kind of creepy and he wants to leave. But Miles is like, oh, come on. Look, I'd love to have you visit me in my home. There, now you've been invited. You're an official guest, so please go enjoy yourself. And hey, try to solve the murder mystery. If you can. I don't want to toot my own horn, but it's pretty next level. I'll see you at the pool. And he leaves a confused Blanc behind. Later at the pool, it's a shit show, honestly. Birdie is treating the whole thing like a fashion show, telling Lionel that he's too cute to be a scientist. Birdie sits down next to Claire, the governor, and she says, Claire, I love that you never stop trying. Like the effort. It's so cute. <laughs> You really start seeing everyone's dynamics come out. Duke is reaching for another beer in the mini car convertible. So there's a cooler, but it's a replica of his baby blue convertible Porsche filled with ice. And, uh, you know, Duke is getting another beer. And he's like, nice, iconic. Remember when you almost pancaked me on it on the road outside of Andy's? And Miles is like, oh yeah, Anderson Cooper's birthday party? He throws the craziest parties. Coop, my boy. Whiskey is hot and just wet from the pool water the whole time, okay? She's stuck at the hip with Miles. She's like practically sitting on his lap in front of Duke. Whiskey sitting on Miles, the, the billionaire's, billionaire's lap. <laughs> the yeah, heck? and uh, Duke comes out the pool in a little Speedo. And he's got a gun in his Speedo. Yeah, and uh, they're all like, wait, you, put, you bring your gun even into the pool? He's like, yeah, I do. And he fires it into the sky. Does it work? Yeah. Even from inside the water? Yeah. And they're all like, that is quite a piece, Duke. Blanc says, cocking his head to the gun. And he says, yeah, I never go without it. So I see. And he says, you know, you never know when it's going to go down. 
If that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. Okay, Blanc looks around and it seems that everybody has their own motive to be here. For example, Lionel and Claire, the governor, seem to be a bit too cozy, talking about something whispering in the corner of the pool. Meanwhile, Peg, the assistant to Birdie, keeps telling Birdie, you gotta tell him. I will. I'm serious, you gotta. I said I will. You just gotta go beg. When he goes into his room, just follow him and do it. I will take care of it. Don't worry. Interesting. Meanwhile, Miles and Whiskey are totally doing something nasty together. They're flirting nonstop. Birdie seems annoyed, and she tells her assistant, you know, there was a time back then where I was the one on magazines, and he was a nobody. He couldn't even believe that he was talking to me. He said that to me, you know? You're Birdie J. You're on the billboards. I can't believe I'm talking to you. He's this little thing in my hand, and I preferred it that way. Talking about Miles, the billionaire. And then we see Birdie remove her giant orange hat, and on her other side is Andy. Andy! Hi! How long has it been? Andy is very stoic. Since the trial, so a few months. If the trial, ugh, that was not fun. I mean, for all of us, for anybody, right, Peg? Peg? Okay, well, I'm uncomfortable, so I'm gonna go for a swim. And she leaves. Blanc breaks the silence later in this group, right, by asking, may I ask, if it's not too presumptuous of me, what drew you all together? You're such an eclectic bunch. Miles looks serious before responding. I think disruptors recognize each other. You've used that word before, disruptors. What does that mean? Well, sometimes people think that Birdie is disruptive whenever she opens her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but she, it's because she's saying what everyone is thinking, but no one has the nerve to say it. And Birdie's like, it's true. I say it like I see it. You, Mr. Blanc, are sitting next to the Birdie J. She's a fashion icon, the youngest editor of Shishi magazine, established sweetie pants on top of the world, and then... Well, and Birdie says, there was a whole thing um, for Halloween. Yeah. And Blanc says, oh, what happened? It was a tribute to Beyonce, but people did not take it that way. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Uh, anyway, I had a lot of time at home. I just spent all my time in sweatpants. And, um, and then... This is Miles again. Birdie comes out with designer high-quality sweatpants dressed as the pandemic heads called Sweetie Pants. She disrupted her own disruption. She made a killing. And look at Duke. You think anyone looked at him and saw anything other than beef? You think they saw the, <laughs> you think they saw the first influencer to have a million followers on Twitch? And Duke looks at Mr. Blanc, taps his chest, and his titties start moving. <laughs> yeah, and he said, here it is. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And, and what about Claire? You think soccer mom and beige throwing grenades into <laughs> machine politics? Lionel, he didn't wait 10 years licking on the taint of academia to get permission to start pushing the boundaries of science. He just did it. And that's what I did with Alf. And right at that moment, Andy comes around the corner. That's what we did with Alpha. Disrupt. See, let me tell you a little secret, Mr. Blanc. Your worldview is gonna change. Once you hear it, you can unhear it. Is your phone turned off? Oh, I left it in my room. 
If you want to shake things up, if you want to start with something small, you break a norm, you break an idea or a convention, some little business model, but you go with things that people are kind of tired anyway. Everybody gets excited because you're busting up something that everybody wanted broken in the first place. That's the infraction point. That's the place that you have to look within yourself and ask, am I the kind of person who will keep going? Who's going to keep breaking things, break bigger things? Are you willing to break things that nobody wants you to break? Because at that point, people are not going to be on your side. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to say you're a bully. They're going to tell you to stop. They're, even your partner will tell you, you need to stop. Because as it turns out, nobody wants you to break the system itself. But that, that's what true disruption is. And that's what unites all of us. We all got to that line and we crossed it. See? Disruptors. All of us. I'm sorry. Side note, but like, does anyone... Have any idea what billionaire bozo just said? <laughs> Not me. Like at one point I felt like he was going somewhere and then he was like, we need to break shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Miles sits back, proud of himself, and he hears a slow clap. It's Andy. Wow, that's some real red pill stuff, Miles. And the Andy I built Alpha with? She believed it. Oh, I believed it. I believed it. Mr. Blanc, you're a detective, right? Can you spot the other thing, the real thing, that this group has in common? Lionel is like, Andy, just stop. Come on. Lionel, everybody knows who you work for, Lionel. It's no secret. And we know who bankrolled Claire's campaign. But when nobody, nobody would touch Birdie with a 10-foot pole because she went on Oprah and compared herself to Harriet Tubman. <sighs> and Birdie goes, in spirit! Who do you think showed up as an angel investor in Sweetie Pants, her sweatpants company? And Duke, when Duke got banned from Twitch for hawking rhino horn borner pills to teenage boys, and Duke says, there was no rhinos in those pills. They were just boner pills. Who set them up at YouTube and used their media empire to promote their stream? <laughs> that is the common thread here. Every single one of you is holding on for dear life to Miles' bronze golden titties, and each of you will stab a friend in the back to hold on. That is what I believe. And she leaves the stunned group in silence before storming off. Claire, the governor, is the only one that tries to stop her. And she says, Andy, wait. Miles seems unfazed. He just says, wow, that was so real. Anyway, dinner's at eight, everyone. See you guys there? And he leaves. Lionel goes after Claire to see what Andy is going to say to her. But instead, he finds her just staring at Andy from afar. Like something's off. And I was like, what do you mean? She's changed. What game is she playing? And they both look super stressed. Meanwhile, the Peggy, the assistant, goes after Miles. Mr. Ron! Mr. Ron! Hold on, wait. Please don't make her go through with this, please. I saw the statement you want her to make about Bangladesh. If she goes through with it, her name is destroyed. BC. My resume is just Birdie J, Birdie J for the past 10 years. So if her name is destroyed, so is my name. Miles looks at her. I'm sorry. What's your name? <laughs> my name is Peg. I'm begging you, please. Don't let her do this. And he says, I'm begging you. You gotta get her to make that statement. It's her only way out. What, what? And he walks away. And Peg flips him off, and the whole thing is witnessed by Mr. Blanc, who's taken this murder mystery thing a bit too seriously. He's like, oh yeah, he's about to kill Miles Braun. And then, dong, the hour is up. <laughs>
And then Blanc sees Duke watching Whiskey, his girlfriend, have sex with Miles through the window. What? Yeah. She has no idea he can see, but he watches her in anger through the window. So it seems like a lot of people have real life motive. For dinner, everyone is required to dress up and come have cocktail hour before Miles is murdered during dinner. He even went the extra mile to have personally engraved cocktail glasses for everyone. Like, in gold, their names are engraved. And he knows everybody's favorite drinks by heart. Well, everyone but Blanc, because he just met the damn guy. But they're going around drinking their drinks, admiring the art. Even Andy is there, looking skeptical as ever at Miles. Before Claire points to a weird Mona Lisa printed framed photo in a glass box in the corner. She thinks it's weird because she's drunk. She's like, your house is so f modern and you went and got a print of the mona lisa and hung it up <laughs> who said this birdie the governor oh, okay. she's like that's just weird and miles smirks or come on what wait wait what mr blanc says forgive my incredulity but surely no the mona lisa that's property of the state there's no way Blame it on the pando, Blanc. The Louvre was closed. France needed money, so I bought myself a little short-term loan. Turns out the transport and security were most of the cost. Anyway, check this out. He pulls a lighter out of his pocket, and he literally lights it across the room from the Mona Lisa, and this bulletproof panel comes down on top of the Mona Lisa. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It'll shut down even if a phone dings at the slightest little noise. Yeah. But I have an override button right here. And he presses a statue. And then the bullet bulletproof glass comes back down. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait. What is all that? Yeah. But you know, I needed to be able to look her in the eyes. My mom took me to Paris when I was six years old. First time I ever looked at that lady. Changed my life. <laughs> you know Da Vinci invented a technique for brush, er, brush strokes that leave no lines? That's how you can look straight at her face and her expression changes every time. You know, she smiles and then it disappears. Is she happy? Is she sad? Is it something else? The simple thing that you thought you were looking at suddenly takes on layers and depth so complex it gives you vertigo. It really is something, Miles. Look, it all started with her. What did I say to you guys? First night we ever hung out at the Glass Onion. So the Glass Onion is actually a bar that they used to hang out in when, before they were all successful. What did I say? I told you guys I wanted to be responsible for something that gets mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. Forever. Blanc says, well, what does that mean? Bertie says, oh, it means mortal immortality. He wants to do something to change. And Bertie is rudely interrupted by Claire. Wait, wait, Miles, why do you have the Mona Lisa in your living room? In one week, I've invited world leaders and members of the press from all over the world to this island. And right here, I am going to unveil the future. And he pulls out what looks like a glass crystal from his pocket. Do you know what this is? And he throws it to Blanc. Don't drop it. And Claire screams, oh my god! That is a new solid hydrogen fuel. It's incredibly powerful. It's radically efficient. Zero carbon emissions. And it's derived from abundant seawater. It's called Clear with a K. And at this event, we are going to announce Clear America Initiative. Our affordable home power solution, Clear, is going to be powering people's dreams and their homes all over this country by the end of this year. And here I thought it would just help me skip airport lines, you know? Claire looks stressed. So does Lionel. No, but I was clear with you, Miles. I need two years minimum to test this stuff, to see if this stuff is safe or even viable. Claire and I are not going to be responsible for putting something out in the world before it's tested. Miles interrupts him. Shh, 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 shh. 
You're running this entire place off of clear? Oh yeah. All of it, the lighting, heating, cooling, everything right down to the fax machines in every room, the whole glass onion is powered by clear. Guys, we did it. Lionel is not happy and he says, I'm out, I'm done, this is reckless and you're gonna get somebody killed. Miles is like, bro, you're not getting out. It's already happening, I love you, okay, let's go eat. And he leads them to an intense dining room where he sits at the head of the desk and he says, we have three days to bask in the sun and swim in the Ionian Sea, eat good food and wine and enjoy each other's company. But alongside and underneath the party, you've been charged with a serious task because tonight in this very room, a murder will be committed. My murder. You will have to closely observe the crime, consider what you know about each other, know that across the island, I've hidden clues. Some may be helpful, some may misdirect, that's for you to determine. But if anyone can name the killer, can tell me how they achieved the murder, and most importantly, what the motive was, the person wins the game. Any questions? Mr. Blanc. Uh, what do we win? What do you want? Oh, no, 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 just sorry, I just thought maybe there was a prize or something. Like an iPad or something like that. <laughs> um... Okay, yeah, fine. Winner gets an iPad. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't really need an iPad or I don't want an iPad. I just, because you said, Duke looks very serious. And once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. We hang. <laughs> but you just can't ask me questions. I'm not going to help. Bertie asks if everyone can work together. Only one person can solve the crime. So if you have a theory, keep it close to your chest. It's designed to be hard. It's supposed to take the whole weekend. Oh, you know, this is truly delightful, Mr. Miles, Mr. Braun. Uh, have we started already? Well, the murder hasn't happened yet, but... Okay, why not? And Blanc stands up. It was Birdie. Birdie J's the murderer. What? The detective just pointed someone? Who planted a remote device on a crossbow in revenge for you stealing her signature Ren diamond? Everyone's like, what? Miles looks pissed and he sits down. Blanc says, look at the seating arrangement. It triangulates with Birdie and that thing. And he points across the room and there's this giant glass sculpture that's holding a bow. And it's aimed directly at Mr. Baron. That is loaded with a dummy bolt that probably has blood at the end of it. You're gonna get shot in the middle of dinner. Now, I believe upon closer inspection, it'll reveal some sort of remote triggering device. But more damning, that is a vintage Jayhawks brand crossbow, Jayhawks Birdie J. Of course, there are other superfluous and other rather clumsy clues. The hedge, the hedges in the South Garden, they spell out the letter B. Uh, Birdie's room is the sacral chakra, which is the one blocked by guilt, blah, blah, blah. But the motive, yes, on the cleverly planted 1998 issue of the Birdie of the Face magazine, Birdie is on the cover wearing what was famously known as the Red Diamond, a blood diamond. It's a family heirloom, I believe. And Mr. Braun, that large locket on your neck has not left since we got here. It's a bit out of order with your easy breezy island style. Would you kindly open it for us? Uh. Miles smirks, opens it up, and what do you know? It's the Ren Diamond. And Bertie screams, oh my god! My Ren Diamond! Miles is pissed. The whole group is amazed. And Blanc is on a high while he follows Miles up to his office and he's going on a tangent. My god, that just felt so good, so satisfying. You know, like one of those mini crosswords the Times has. You know the ones. I have a chef friend, and she speaks of me trying to create the perfect bite. Oh, that felt like the most satisfying, bite-sized. Oh! And Miles throws an iPad at Blanc. 
So just like that, the game was <laughs> over, hasn't begun, but he solved it. Yeah, and Blanca's like, oh, you're angry. No, Blanca, I'm not, but what the hell? That was not the simplest thing to set up, so it, you know, it's fine, okay? You know what, it doesn't even matter. I hired Gillian Flynn to write the whole thing, the one who wrote Gone Girl. <laughs> oh, she's quite good. Yeah, she's quite expensive, that's what she is. What am I supposed to do now? Play Yahtzee all weekend? Just... <laughs> Mr. Braun, trust me, I ruined your game on purpose for a very good reason. Sorry, what? I like the glass onion as a metaphor. An object that seems densely layered, but in reality the center is in plain sight. Your relationship with these people may seem complex, but look. What you've done this weekend is crystal clear. You've taken seven people, each of whom has a real-life wish to wish you harm, gathered them on a remote island, and placed the idea of your murder in their hands. It's like putting a loaded gun on the table and turning off the lights. Oh, come on. Blanc stands up. You play hardball with Lionel, threaten to destroy his reputation if he doesn't play along and power a manned rocket with Claire, and now with Claire too. Now perhaps you threaten to support her opponent in the up-and-coming election if she doesn't approve of your power plant. Ah, oh, well you've done some homework. And Birdie, with Bangladesh, Sweetie Pants are manufactured there, right? You're having her take the fall to cover your ass as the main investor? And Duke? Well, well we all know why Duke wants to kill you. Well he doesn't know that. Yes he does. You're sleeping with whiskey, he knows. Take my presence as a sign. For at least one person on this island, it's not a game. Blanc goes to walk off and he sees a beautifully framed cocktail napkin under a glass sign called the Glass Onion. Oh, would you look at that? The famous napkin, I know about this one. Yeah, I sketched out the original idea for Alpha on a cocktail napkin. I showed it to Andy at the Glass Onion and uh, our local bar where it all started. But they tore it down a year after that. Hmm. Uh, and Andy, um, yes, Andy. Andy used to tell me the truth. Nobody does that now. It's all just fake smiles and agendas and people wanting what they think they're owed and hating you when they, you don't give it to them. That's why you're here. I know it's probably hard to have sympathy for the poor tortured billionaire, but goddamn, I miss that bar. While the two of them are speculating if a real murder is going to take place, the rest of the guests are getting super wasted in the cocktail room where the Mona Lisa guard is loudly going up at the smallest noise and coming down. It's like, choop, 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 <laughs> nonstop in the back, okay? Like someone's, like Duke's Goog alerts, he calls him, I got a Goog. It's a Google alert for his name. It's like when someone writes an article about them, he gets a Google alert if his name is published anywhere on Google and he calls it a Goog. He says, I just got a Goog, ding, and it's like, choop, choop. Okay, and the, <laughs> and the whole group decides that they're gonna leave tomorrow, leave early, but Birdie insists everyone stay. Let's enjoy paradise. We deserve it. Andy walks in. Yes, you do. Claire looks at her, she's drunk and she's so over it. Are we gonna talk about the elephant in the room or should we just push through the weekend? Am I the elephant you're referring to? Yes, you're the elephant. What did you come for, Andy? Given the circumstances, I think it's a fair question. Fair, Lionel? Fair? Oh my god, fine. Yes, fine. Nothing about this is fair. Congratulations! Now you know, and we're all stuck with Miles. What do you want? Do you want to know why we did it? Really? Hmm? Do the math. It's easy math. So you come here in your Gucci flats. Birdie whispers. It's Valentine. 
you come in here like we owe you. You made money off of Alpha all those years. You did fine. You got yours. I got? No. He got his from me. All of it. My life was taken away from me by someone, by everyone in this room. My life. Do you even know what that means? Huh? Birdie tries to break the tension, but it's horribly done because she's a horrible person, it seems. She says, what Claire is trying to say is, we're sorry, okay? We feel bad for you. What do you want? Are you really asking me that? Claire has some sort of bizarre anger piled up in her, and she says, yes, what do you want, huh? A check? Performative pity? Huh? Just tell us the right words so we can use and we can move on with our lives. Jesus Christ. What do you want? Do you want revenge? You want to slit Miles' throat? You want to take us all down? Just drop the bombshell. Say it. I want the truth. I want the truth. Duke is drunk, and he stands up. I can give you that. I'll be the asshole. Truth is, we were all holding on the golden tit. We're all playing the same game here, honey. You lost, so you can go ahead and put yourself up on a cross like some unspeakable crime has been committed against you that none of us can possibly imagine. But me, I'm tired of pretending. You're not this victim in this game. You just couldn't hack it. You're just a loser. That's the truth. Andy brushes past Duke in anger and he giggles. There she is. That's the Andy I know. As Andy walks in, Miles and Blanc walk back in. Oh, geez, detective. Your next excitement is, who killed the party? Miles tries to up the mood by playing upbeat music, dancing with Birdie, and Duke is over there smiling. Miles wants to know what apparent, what's going on. Why are you smiling at your phone? And Duke pulls him over, and they stare at his phone together. Apparently, his views on his channel are through the roof. And he says, Miles, does that change things? And Miles smags, smiles and hugs him. Yeah, it does. He says for Alpha News. So it seems like Miles has a big news network and Duke wants to be on there. And Miles turns around and says, See, I told you guys, things always work out in the end. You gotta keep the faith. When have I ever let you down? Have we ever not pulled through? Pulled it off, like, come on, this is our time. We're all changing the world, all of us, making a dent in our own ways. Five minutes ago, Blanc was telling me that this whole party was a dangerous idea because you all hate me so much that one of you might actually want to... Anyway, it's silly. And he ensures that everybody agrees to stay the whole weekend. Everyone seems super happy, except maybe Lionel and Claire. They seem a bit miserable still. But as the party starts raging around them, Duke starts choking. He grabs onto Miles. Everyone's trying to help him, but he's rolling around in the ground in pain. He smashes through the coffee table. He's choking on something. He falls to the ground. Blanc goes in, trying to shove his hand down his throat to get out whatever he's gagging on. But after a hot minute, Duke is dead. What? Everyone goes quiet. He's dead. And Bertie ah! screams dramatically. Whiskey throws herself onto the couch. Miles backs up too till he plops on the couch behind him and they all look terrified. Freaking terrified. D did he choke? What happened? There was no obstruction in his airway. But uh... Whiskey's crying over Duke's body. Blanc pulls her to the side and Blanc asks Miles to call a boat to come immediately. But he's unresponsive. He's in shock. Lionel's like, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. Where's the room? How do I do it? Is there, is there radio in that room? Okay, yeah. Listen, I must insist that nobody touches the body or disturb anything till the police. The, the, the police? Is this a crime scene then? 
Claire starts freaking out. Oh my god, oh my god, no, 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 no. I can see it already. The headlines, governor jets off to Greece in a pandemic with a men's rights YouTube activist who <laughs> dies. Oh my god. I can't. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up. Brady starts crying. Miles is trying to calm them down. I think, Mr. Blanc, you think this was done with intention? Well, I don't know. But Mr. Cody's death was acute and violent, yes. My guess is something was put in his drink intentionally. Lionel goes to tell the authorities, but they tell him they can't come till the morning. And they're like, why? Why can't you come until the morning? Why do you have to come when it's low tides? Because the dog. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Because the dog is piece of shit? The, the Banksy uh -huh. is the designer. Okay. And the captain he asked on that boat, he was like, is that dog Banksy? And the captain said, no, it's piece of shit. <laughs> it's piece of shit. <laughs> I thought it was like an architect or an artist or something. So Lionel comes to um, tell the rest of the group, the boat will be here tomorrow. There's no other landing point, and Miles' dumbass Banksy system dock. Uh, yeah, it's only low, low tide height. It's not buoyant. It's a piece of shit. Blanc seems stressed, but he takes the lead. I suggest you all retire to your rooms, lock the doors till 5.30, and we will convene here and walk to the dock together. I will stay up all night with the body to make sure nothing is tampered with, and I recommend everybody get some sleep. And while he's talking, Miles is looking on the ground and he's having a revelation. Oh my god. Next to Duke's body, there was a cup that was dramatically dropped, and it had Miles' name on there. Oh no. Oh my god. Oh my god. He he picked up mine. Miles' eyes go wide. He takes cover behind Blanc. Blanc, I'll give you a billion dollars right now if you can tell me which one of these fuckers tried to kill me just now. The guests are shocked. Are you kidding me? You think one of us tried to kill you? Poison you? Miles starts getting paranoid. Stay away. Get back. <laughs> We're all staying in this room right here tonight. I'm keeping you all in plain sight until the boats arrive. That's what we're doing. Where's Whiskey? Where's Andy? Duke's phone keeps dinging. Blanc goes to fish it out of his pocket, but he can't find it. But Lionel stands eerily still and he says, Who cares if his phone is gone? Guess what else is gone? And they look down at his empty gun, gun holster. His gun is gone. He always has his gun. Which means we need to find his gun and we need to find Andy. Blanc tries to rush out the room, but dong! And Miles jumps on top of him, scared shitless. Mr. Braun, please, you'll be fine. That was just the hourly dong thing. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. And he looks at uh, Mr. Blanc's watch. Sponsored by Omega Speedmaster, I guess it's still a James Bond thing, okay? <laughs> oh my god, no. You have to help me, please. You have to help me, you don't understand. It's that stupid murder mystery thing. I was gonna say something at 10 and then and then it was gonna happen. You gotta help me. Blanc slaps Miles out of it. Just tell me what's gonna happen at 10 o'clock, sir. Before he can respond, all the lights on the island go off one by one by one. <laughs> because the murder mystery yeah. happens. <laughs> the whole island is submerged into pitch black darkness and Bertie starts screaming hysterically. Blanc tries to tell everyone not to panic, but it's not working. Especially because the minute that they get a flashlight to work, what Whiskey runs into the room with a spear bow. And she's screaming, it was Andy, it was Andy, she's the one that killed Duke. She was in our room. 
Miles runs out of the room. He doesn't want to be next because logically speaking, if Andy's going to kill anyone next, it's going to be him. So as Miles runs out, so does everybody else. And now we have all the guests running around the property in fear, in complete pitch black darkness. It's creepier than ever. It's the last thing they should be doing. Blanc runs outside and runs into Andy. Andy, did you take Duke's gun? Why would I take his gun? Because Duke is dead. What? And as they're talking outside, we, we don't see who it is, but we see a leather gloved cloaked hand appear holding a gun, pointing it at them too. Do they see it? No. Blanc is still talking to about how they need a little bit more information and Andy is the one that can help them. And in that moment, the gun fires and Andy falls to the ground. Blanc looks over at where the gunshot came from, but there's nobody there. They're long gone. He has no idea who shot Andy. Meanwhile, there's a ton of frames of the Mona Lisa in the dark inside the living room just watching the chaos unfold. The other guests are screaming at what sounded like a gunshot. And they run outside and they see Andy covered in blood on the ground and Blanc standing over her. Let's get back inside. Wait, shouldn't we do something about it? She's not going anywhere. It's time to finish this. Peg, radio the mainland. Tell them to send the boats now. Banksy be damned. The guests are huddled together, confused. This doesn't even make any sense. Duke and Andy, if Andy killed Duke, who killed Andy? Oh, this makes perfect sense. Duke and I. This ridiculous game that started well before we set foot on this island. Okay, explain it to us then, detective. I can peel back the layers. I can take it to a point. But what lies at the center, only one person can tell us who killed Cassandra Brand. The only reason that I have my phone, honestly, is so that I can sit down and check my credit score first thing when I wake up. I'm kidding. I wish I had my life together like that. Okay, but that is what Chime is for. That is what they do. With their Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. And Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average, and all of this comes with no annual fees, no large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash banking. That's chime.com slash banking. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at many past ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any All Point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. We get a flashback to Philippe, Blanc's partner, opening a Philip, maybe. <laughs> Mr. Blanc, the detective's husband, opens the door, right, to get a package. Yeah. This is a flashback to when everybody's getting a package. Okay. And instead of a delivery driver being there, it's Andy standing with a box. Hmm. Is this Benoit Blanc's residence? Oh, uh, what is this regarding? Well, his office was closed and I really wanted to talk to him. Blanc sat down with a smashed up puzzle. Well, why don't we start from the beginning, shall we? And Andy is standing in front of him. Start from the beginning. My name is Helen Brand, and I came all the way here from Alabama. What, what? do you do in Alabama, Helen? I teach, third grade. None of that really matters, Mr. Blanc. I received a call two days ago that my sister committed suicide in her car, my twin sister, in her garage with the engine running. We see Helen looking down at Andy's body at the coroner's table. Sure enough, she's dead. My sister was Cassandra Brand. Do you know who that was? Of course, of course, I thought you looked familiar. Impressive woman, your sister. What? You know, she kept a journal since she was six years old. Do you know what she called it? 
Notes for future biographers. S. Plural. The girl was six years old. <laughs> then the day after high school, she shot off to New York and she never looked back. You know, when we were kids, we goofed together. We would do this character we called Rich Bitch. Heavens, the dog ate the caviar again. Then I hear her doing a TED talk and that's exactly how she sounded. And I'm like, who are you fooling? Not me. She had the guts. She had the brains for both of us. And I was just happy watching her, you know? So you get the call. Yeah, I get the call. I fly in. This was yesterday. I go to Andy's house and I'm cleaning it out. It's a mess. All her books are everywhere. And I'm just thinking about what was taken from my sister. How I wasn't there for her. And I was getting angry and angry and angry. And I just hear a knock at the door. And it's a courier with this thing from Miles Braun. And I'm sure there was a clever way to open it. I don't know. I just open it. And it's an invitation to his private island for Greece next weekend. And one of those little trips that she'd go on with him and his little group of heads. They like to call themselves the disruptors. But I knew who they were, and I told my sister. They were all just shitheads. Okay, Miss Brand, what can I do for you? Andy didn't commit suicide. She didn't leave any notes, so I went on her computer and I looked at her email. She sent messages. I wanted to see if she had written anyone anything, and look. She sent this at 4 p.m. the day she was murdered four days ago. The message said, I finally found it. It's right here. I'm going to burn this whole empire down. I'm giving you all one last chance to make things right. You know where to find me. And attached was a picture of Andy holding a red envelope. And all the emails. I'm assuming these are all the names here. Birdie J, Duke Cody, Claire DeBella, and Lionel Toussaint. The shitheads. She sent that email. Nobody writes back anything. And then the next day, she's dead in the garage with sleeping pills in her system. I searched every inch of every room in her house, and guess what wasn't there? The red envelope. Compelling. Google said, you are the world's greatest detective. Somebody like me takes something like this about a rich group of people with an army full of lawyers. I'm hopeless. But if one was to get him alone for a weekend, isolated on an island, with your world's greatest detective, you want to hire me to go on that island. It's a stupid idea, right? Listen, I want to be clear. I'm not Batman. I can find you the truth, I can gather the evidence, I can present it to the police and the courts, but that is where my jurisdiction ends. Yeah, but it's you doing it instead of me. I'll take those odds. I've not seen your sister's death in the news yet. Did you release a statement? Shit. Was I supposed to? I don't know how this works. And you have no other family members who are informed about the death? Oh, if I put a few strings, I could keep them from leaking it to the press for another week, maybe. Oh, oh no, that's outrageous. Miss Brand, any feelings of reverence or respect that you've had for me when you crossed my threshold, butcheress them right now, butcheress them, because I'm proposing you come with me to that island as your sister, as Cassandra Brand. What? No, 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 no. I'm hiring you to go, I'm not. Are you insane? A famous detective shows up out of the blue, starts poking the subject of your sister, they'll shut up like a clam. Your presence on that island is essentially a catalyst. <sighs> that sounds nuts. It's the only way to work. Look at me, they'll know instantly I'm not her. You'll cut your hair, wear her clothes. You really think I can fit into that What about my hair? What's wrong with my hair? I know a guy. Now. Why would anyone suspect you showing up playing your sister when they don't know your sister is dead? Right, they don't know Andy's dead so they won't suspect anything. And you'll do all the inspecting? Yes, I will. And you just have to be there. Is this even safe? No. 
One person will know the truth about you. One person will know the moment that you arrive on that island. They will know who you are and what you're doing, and they certainly won't hesitate to kill again if it covers their tracks. I'm a detective, Helen, not a bodyguard. I'm gonna do it. One of those heads killed my sister. Do you really think we can get that son of a bitch? And after her transformation, Helen is now disguised and looking like Andy. She meets up with Mr. Blanc for dinner in Greece right before they're ready to go, and he tells her to keep studying Andy's journals. He explains how he's going to get to the docks early, get them off guard with his, some, some of his southern charm. And on the boat, he tells Andy, or Helen, to be cold. Don't engage in conversation. I'm not good on boats. You'll be fine. Rich voice, Andy posture. I have been studying her TED Talks on this recorder. The dog ate the caviar. There you go. You said you were going to be researching these folks for motive. Did you find anything? Yes, I did. But motives for each of them want Miles Braun dead. Now, why would they kill her to protect him? Well, what about Miles? What if he just did it? We can't rule him out, but Mr. Miles Braun is not an idiot. To risk committing murder after a very public court case with the possibility of that email coming to light would be a very, very stupid thing to do. Especially if someone was willing to kill Andy for him. Come on, walk me through those journals. Okay, about 10 years ago, before they all hit it big, they used to hang out together at this bar. And Miles was the leader of the pack. No, Andy, my sister, was. They were all friends with Andy. Birdie was a washed-up model. Duke was a nerd doing video game tournaments. Lionel was a substitute teacher. And Clara just lost a race for city council. All of them had run aground in their 30s. But Andy saw their potential. She found them all. And then she found Miles, introduced him to the group. At first, nobody liked him. He would say weird things like, I want to be responsible for something that gets talked about in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. Something forever. And they would all ask Andy behind his back, what does that even mean? And Andy would say, it just means immortality. He wants to create something that feels lasting. And things really started happening because somehow Miles was able to pull some strings. He got Birdie a show for her designs. He got Lionel published. Duke set up a Twitch with uh, Miles's help. Claire got elected locally, you know, small stuff. But it happened. And then the big thing happened. We see the group hanging at the Glass Onion. It's not an upscale bar, it's like a cozy bar. And while everybody's hanging around, Andy is writing feverishly on a Glass Onion cocktail napkin. Miles asks her what Andy was working on. And based on that napkin, Andy and Miles created Alpha. It blows up. They bring everyone along for the ride. But Miles' aspirations keep getting bigger and bigger. Cut to two years ago, Miles meets some sketchy Norwegian scientists in a ayahuasca ceremony in Peru who sell him on the whole new hydrogen fuel. He becomes obsessed and he's willing to give up the company's entire resources to launch this thing. But Andy isn't having it. He's begging her and he's like, come on, Andy, please take it. And Andy tells him, no, 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 this is not a startup. This could blow up the world. Miles is like, yeah, that's great. No, literally, Miles, this could blow up the world. The reality distortion field ends here, Miles. I can't let you do this. What do you mean you can't let me, Andy? Miles, I'll walk and I'll take half the company to stop you from using it. And she did. And God, I love that she did. Then she found out Miles had the lawyers work the contract so she was cut out of the company completely. And she was sued over that recently, right? Her whole case was based on intellectual ownership of the company's founding idea. Her idea on the napkin which she didn't keep. So we get a throwback to the trial that happened literally right before their Greece trip. And there on the stand, Claire the governor, Lionel the scientist, Bertie the designer, Duke the men's right activist, they all took the stand and said that many years ago at a bar, Miles was the one that wrote on a cocktail napkin. 
They all lied for miles. They threw Andy under the bus, every single one of her so-called friends. That was in March. And suddenly after the verdict came down, Miles magically found the napkin that he had written his business idea on in his handwriting, and he was all over the news. He's holding it up like an Elizabeth Holmes holding up the blood pill. <laughs> like this. He did interview after interview after interview about it. A bold-faced fabrication. A damn lie. And it worked. But in Andy's anger of throwing all of her books on the ground and ruining her house at Miles winning the company, she found a book that she was obsessed with when she had visited that bar years ago. And inside that book was the cocktail napkin. She put it in a red envelope and sent the email to all of her so-called friends. So every one of those disruptors perjured themselves to destroy Andy and shield Miles Braun. We need to find out the motive. Whose was strong enough to go one step further and commit murder? And then this will be tricky. Everyone's whereabouts on the night of her death. Who could have been at Andy's house that night? We need opportunity. Okay, so suspects, motive, opportunity. Got it. Blanc tells her that she needs to use every opportunity on the island to, um, snoop. So while Blanc is out investigating or talking to Miles, it's a perfect chance. The first person that approaches Andy on the island is Whiskey. And Andy is like, I like your necklace, Whiskey. Whiskey's like, thanks, Miles got it for me for my birthday. It's like a Zodiac necklace. Uh-huh. Oh, you're a Taurus. Yeah. And uh, I freaking knew the girl was playing dumb because she opens up to Andy about how she feels bad for what they all did to her in court. I read the transcripts. They shanked you. Also, she claimed that she hates when the group is all together, but she puts up with it because she's trying to build her brand. Duke puts her on his channel more and more often. She said that she eventually wants to go into politics, but now that Duke is leaning more and more into this mandum stuff, maybe it's time to break up. And she says, I know, it's expeditious, but it's kind of a shit show. Now at the island, we see all the little bits and pieces come together. So the first round, it's like we're seeing it from Blanc's perspective. Um, and then now we're following Andy around the island and she's snooping. So remember when Claire and Lionel were at the corner of the pool whispering about something? Yeah. It's an infinity pool and she's underneath the edge listening, okay? The governor says, I did it. I signed off on the power plant two weeks ago. So when this thing breaks, poof, my whole base is gone. The grassroots lefties, gone. I did it too, Claire. I signed off on putting Claire on a manned mission. The staff doesn't know it yet. God damn it. Let's just pray that Andy was wrong about this Claire stuff. And Lionel tells her, no. She was right. You put it into gas form and household piping, there's massive leakage into the air. The hydrogen particles are too small. Hydrogen gas? Lionel, I sold my soul for this. You're telling me it could literally turn people's homes into Hindenburg? Side note, Hindenburg was an airship disaster that basically caused a lot of things to explode in, into flames. So after listening to this conversation, Helen, dressed as Andy, goes over to where Birdie is sitting and throws a recorder in her purse and then sits next to her to be casual. And afterwards, she goes to Blanc to tell him everything. He's impressed. I mean, wow, you really are good at this stuff. This is interesting stuff about whiskey and motives for both Lionel and Claire. Well done. These are motives? Because I was kind of confused. Oh no, it is. They bet the farm and they'll both be ruined along with Miles if he fails. They need to protect him at all costs. But I just can't imagine them killing her, I can't. Think of the crime, the nature of it. The murder itself is nonviolent, gentle even. They don't even see her die. Maybe they come over to apologize after the trial. They slip something in her coffee or tea. She just goes to sleep. They put her in the car, stage the scene. No, they're all more than capable. While Blanc is explaining this, Helen starts chugging the bottle in her hand. <sighs> I thought you said you didn't drink. I don't, it's just some healthy stuff that whiskey gave me. That's Jared Leto's hard kombucha, Helen. That's like 9% alcohol. Get off that. How many of those have you had? I don't know, but I feel fine. We need to focus, okay? We need to find the O's, the opportunities. We need them to open up. We need to push. 
Oh, no, 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 we're not pushing anything right now. Listen, I feel good. I think maybe you should lie down. Now fast forward to when Helen leaves the conversation about the disruptors, remember? She was like, you guys are all sucking on golden titties. And basically Claire is like, Andy, wait. Do you remember that moment? Yeah. In the beginning, after uh -huh. the pool. Helen walks away, Claire and Duke find her and she's like drunk, stumbling, right? Not a good look, she stops and she tries to look poised. And Claire is screaming, Andy, wait, please. No, that day in court, you couldn't even look me in the eyes. What are you doing, Andy? You wanna talk about the email? Oh, so now you wanna talk about the email. You didn't even write back. I'm a politician. I never email anything that I wouldn't wanna see on the front page of the Times. That's why I called. And Duke butts in. We all did. Right after we got it, over and over we called. But your phone was off the whole next week. Yeah, well, I got a new number. And when we couldn't reach you, I went to your house. Claire says Lionel and she got there around at the same time, like Duke was already waiting outside. So Duke got there first. But Duke said the lights were off and he was pounding on the door so loud that the door was almost broken down. And Claire said that they waited an hour before they left. Birdie came back later to Andy's house to see if she would answer, but she still didn't answer. So where the hell were you, Andy? What time did you get there? I don't know, it was already dark. And you, Duke, you were already there? He almost got into an accident on his motorcycle. He was driving so fast. Andy, I almost got pancaked for you. Okay. Can you guys all say this one more time for me, please? And Claire looks frustrated and she gets up in Andy's face and says, look, I don't know what you're planning or pulling being here, but we need to talk about this. Andy says, if I would have answered that door that night, would you have said, I'm sorry, I back you instead of Miles? Or were you showing up so you could stop me from using that envelope? And she walks off. And Claire is watching her walk. And this is when Lionel comes up to her and he tells her, I don't know. Something's off about her. Later, Helen goes to tell Blanc all of this. And basically, they're like, well, it could be Duke who got there first, killed the sister, and then pretended to be knocking on the door. Or Claire and Lionel could have gone there earlier. Or it could have been Bertie who came later. I mean, this is just so confusing, right? And they're all in the gym talking about this when the fax machine whirs. Oddly, it's mentioned that Miles doesn't have a phone, remember? He just faxes everything on all of his properties. Well, this fax machine hasn't been touched in weeks. So they actually get the original fax of the email that Andy had sent. And then they get other faxes literally from the day that Andy had died, just collecting dust. So they rush over to grab it and the door swings open and Duke walks in and he's on the phone. And he's saying, right now, go to him. Do what you gotta do. Push that son of a bitch. Just get an answer out of him. Look, babe, we really need this. So do this for me one last time, okay? All right, I love it. But whoever he was on the phone with, hangs up. And we see Duke outside watching Whiskey, trying to have sex with Miles. Andy gets close enough to be able to hear what Duke is hearing. And through the window, I guess the house is not well insulated. I guess they're not double-paned windows. But Whiskey asks Miles if he's going to do it for her. And uh, she says, come on, it's all he wants. The YouTube channel is dying. He needs the exposure. Just put him on Alpha News for like a late night spot. And you know he's earned it with what he did. Miles says, listen, I'm trying to build the future of news. I can't have a rhino horn boner pill karma in the mix. He's my loyal friend, but I can't put him on Alpha News. And just like that, Duke earned himself a motive. Andy runs away and she's outside of Birdie's room where Birdie and Peg are still arguing. Birdie's like, look, there's no stopping it, Peg. I can't do this anymore, okay, I'm done. Peg is like, 10 years, 10 years I've worked for you and my therapist says this is like a toxic relationship. Peg, please don't be like that. Don't follow me, Birdie, I quit. And she runs out and both of them run out of the room. And this is when Andy slips in and grabs a recording device that she had slipped into Birdie J's purse earlier. And she's listening to it with Blanc in her room. It's Peg. What did Miles mean when he said that this is your only chance? 
I don't know. What does anything mean, Peg? I swear to God, I'll punch you in the face if you don't tell me. I'm gonna sign this statement. No, no, no. That'll destroy us. There's no coming back. The story is gonna break. There's no stopping it. Yes, and we will do what we always do. Deny, half-apologize, and then go silent for a while. I will handle this, Bertie. But before Peg can finish, Bertie pulls out a phone and hands it to her. What the hell is this? My secret phone. And what, what is this? It's an email from Sweetie Pants contractor two years ago. Peg reads it out loud. Miss J, I am writing to inform you that the proposed Bangladesh factory for Sweetie Pants is notoriously one of the world's biggest sweatshops. Please advise. And you wrote, sounds perfect, thanks, with an emoji. Oh my what god. What is going on? That's her scandal? scandal? Bertie, please tell me. You did not think sweatshops are where they make sweatpants. <laughs> what was I supposed to think? Oh my god. Oh my god. Miles is gonna pay me off. If I take full responsibility for the sweatshops, he will pay me the value of my shares. 30 million. I'll do whatever I have to do to save myself and he is my only lifeline. Now can I have my secret phone back? No. And Helen pauses the recording and she's shocked. They all have a motive to protect Miles. They're all there that night. So what now, detective? The envelope. Whoever killed your sister took that envelope to protect Miles, and they would never just destroy it. They want him to see what they did for him. So that means they would have brought it here. So it's here. So how do we find it? Well, unless someone brings a bag to dinner, they're not going to have an envelope that size on their person. They'll have to hide it in their room. So at dinner tonight, you need to keep your head clear. Stay sharp, because you have to find a way. A way that is so painfully uncomfortable that nobody will question or follow you if you storm out of the room. Pick a fight and lose. And we have to find that envelope. Blanc tells her that after she storms off, she needs to search all of their rooms. Don't even worry about being neat. Meanwhile, the party outside keeps raging, and while Helen is feverishly ransacking all the rooms, her phone is blowing up and everyone is texting her. She has a million Google alerts because Cassandra Brand was found dead. The news leaked. And while she's in the middle of ransacking, not her room, but um, Duke's room, Whiskey walks in and screams. So this is after Duke is dead. She's crying. She has mascara running down her face. And uh, Helen walks out. Andy? I can explain. Wait a minute, is the party over? And with that, Whiskey starts breaking down, full on sobbing, because at this point in the timeline, like I said, Duke is dead. I love Duke because I couldn't, but he didn't deserve this. Like, how am I gonna tell his mom? Hey, it's okay. He did deserve it. He is a bastard. I don't feel sorry for him. He got what he deserved, and you're better off without him. She has no idea that Duke is dead. Oh, she's saying. Yeah, yeah. She thinks that Whiskey just broke up with the guy. Mm. And immediately, Whiskey gets up and grabs the spear bow that Duke had brought. Whoa, 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 what's wrong with you? The lights turn off and Whiskey screams, Please just don't kill me, oh my god! And Helen screams, I'm not trying to kill you, you crazy bitch! And she runs out and Whiskey aims a deadly arrow at her and Whiskey thinks that Andy slash Helen killed Duke and is out to kill her too. Andy makes it away without a scrape, but when she gets into the house, everyone has dispersed into the dark. She finally runs into Blanc outside. Helen, Helen, calm down, calm down, listen. There's great danger. Did you take Duke's gun? Why would I take Duke's gun? And why are the lights out? Duke is dead. What? No time. Did you find the envelope? No, I searched every room. It's not there. And a realization dawns on Blanc as he looks up at the glass onion. Oh, I've been a fool. There's one more room to search. The glass onion, his office. They already gave it to him. Okay, you can get up there. I can stall everyone. You can get up there and look for it, but you have to be quick. No, but that still doesn't tell me who gave it to him, Blanc. Please, just trust me, it's all in plain sight. We just need one more piece of information, but only you can. And the gun goes off and Helen has been shot and she falls to the ground. And Blanc has pain in his face. 
He looks, the killer is gone. Helen is laying her there dead. And she shoots up. Son of a bitch! She's not dead? And she reaches down into her chest where her clothes have a bullet hole. And Andy's journal had been in her pocket. And it has a bullet, and the bullet is embedded in the journal. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Blanc, what are you doing? Go chase them. Don't let them get away. They try to kill me. But Blanc reaches into his pocket where he pulls out Ryan Reynolds' hot sauce. Miles let him have it. Let the killer think you are dead. This is our cover. I can buy you maybe five minutes alone in the glass onion, but you have to. And Helen starts pouring the hot sauce over her chest. You have to find that envelope. I will. Give me that. And he takes the hot sauce container and puts some of it in his eyes so he looks teary-eyed, but it's burning and he's... Oh, sh balls. Why would he do that? <laughs> because he's trying to look like he's crying. Put he's hot like, sauce yes. in the eyes? They're like, he's like, and then she's like, they're coming, they're coming. So she's laying there like this, and she has hot sauce on her face, and it's slowly going <laughs> into her nose, <laughs> and she's about to cease, and everyone is there, all the guests are there. So she has to hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> and Blanc leads them, and he said, she's not going anywhere. And they all get back inside, and finally she gets up and she says, oh, sh balls and she runs to the glass onion <laughs> and everyone story? inside is like wait it doesn't make sense duke and andy and he goes on his speech this weekend this ridiculous game that started well before we set foot on this island lionel's fed up will you just explain it to us all then detective and he says i can peel back the layers claire throws her hands up who killed cassandra brand then well i keep returning in my mind to the glass onion something so mysterious inscrutable but in fact the center is in plain sight He's clearly stalling, which is why the case has confounded me like no other, why every complex layer peeled has revealed another layer and another layer and come to naught, and then right there is the problem there, right there. You see, an unexpected complexity. Uh, I expected intelligence. I expected a puzzle, a game, but that's not what this is. It hides not behind complexity, but behind mind-numbing obvious clarity. Truth is, it doesn't hide at all. I was staring right at it. All the guests are like, what the f is this guy saying? <laughs> In that moment, Helen finds the letter. Behind the framed napkin that Miles had of his own fake letter, there's a tiny bit of red peeking out. It's almost like, looks like artwork, but behind the frame is the red envelope. Hiding in plain sight because the whole place is clear. There's no drawers. It's like all glass. Blanc keeps going downstairs. The killer nearly struck my Achilles heel, but thank high heaven at the last moment I realized what had teased my brain through this entire case. Inbreviate. That's not a real word. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? We get a flashback. When Miles welcomed them to the island, he said, can we take a moment, everyone, to really inbreviate with this moment? That's not a real word. It kind of sounds like one, but it's entirely made up. Blanc refers to another big word that Miles used, reclamation. Now that word, that's a real word, but uh, it wasn't in the right context. And then you said swim in the Ionian Sea. That's the Aegean Sea. Claire's like, wait, yeah, that is the agency. His dock doesn't float. His wonder fuel is a disaster. His grasp of disruption theory is remedial at best. He doesn't design the puzzle boxes. He didn't write the mystery. Et voila. <laughs> it all adds up. The key to this entire case was staring me right in the face, but like everyone in this entire world, I assumed Miles Braun was a complicated genius. But why? Looking into the clear center of this glass onion, Miles Braun is an idiot. <laughs> Miles looks annoyed, but not angry. Oh, please, just tell us who tried to kill me. Nobody tried to kill you, you vainglorious buffoon. Duke took my glass. 
That's what you told us he did. He must have picked it up by mistake. You told us right after it happened, and after you said those words, we remember seeing it. But think, everyone. Ignore his lies, everyone, and think clearly now. What did we all actually see? Claire gasps. <gasps> you handed Duke your own glass. Clear as crystal, right in front of our eyes, all of us, and then you told a bold-faced fabrication, and it worked. Blanc, are you telling us Miles killed Duke? Yes. Because that night, Andy sent you all the emails. When Duke got to Andy's house earlier on his motorcycle, he saw Miles leaving and was almost struck by him. In fact, he told all of us right out in the open. Flashback to the pool scene where Miles and Duke were talking, and he said he was almost pancaked in the middle of the road outside of Andy's by Baby Blue, the Porsche. But Miles brought up Anderson Cooper's birthday party, he lied. Uh. Wait, so that night that Duke was almost pancaked by Miles? Yes, but Miles has been here for the past six months. Whiskey, Miles saw you in, in, for your birthday in New York, right? Gave you that necklace for your birthday? And you're a Taurus. So your birthday was two weeks ago. Oh my god, yes, it was two weeks ago. Forget the hydrofuels and the sweatshops and consensual cuckolding for cable news assignments. Peg runs into the room out of breath, probably realizing that her room had been ransacked. Forget all of that. And focus on the envelope. And then a deadly, ear-piercing scream. Bertie is freaked out. Andy walks in in her white power suit with blood dripping down. But it's hot sauce. You know, she's supposed to be dead, but she's not, okay? And Brittany screams, what is reality? Andy? Who did the envelope threaten? Miles Braun. That night, Lionel faxed Andy's email to Miles, who received it in New York City, and the one thing that could destroy his empire of lies, the truth in the hands of the only person unafraid to tell it. So Miles drove his baby blue Porsche to the scene of the crime. Andy lets him in, of course she did. Miles' machine of lawyers and power could destroy her through sheer dumb force, but Miles himself, Andy was clever enough not to fear Miles. But she didn't see the real threat. Till it was too late. He had spiked her drink and she passed out. Duke alone knew that you were there that night, but he didn't know that Andy was dead yet. He didn't know until this evening. Right there, he got a Google alert. He showed you the Google alert because you don't own a phone. And he asked you, this changes things, doesn't it? And you said, yes, it does. And he says, Alpha News? You nodded. Blanc walks around My Miles, and there in his back pocket is Duke's phone. Now Helen talks. Did he really think that he could stop all of them from finding out about Andy's death? They all have phones. The rest of the group immediately searched for their phones. He didn't need to hide the death. He just needed to hide that Duke had shown him the death moments before he was killed. Right out in the open, Duke showed him. And Duke asked him, that changes things. So what, does Miles keep like a poison in his tooth or something? Like is that some sort of rich person thing? No, no, no. It's much simpler than that. Birdie, what are the ingredients to your Cuban Breeze favorite drink? Oh, uh, vodka, amaretto, and pineapple juice. Remember at the dock? Mm, he's Duke pineapple. Yeah, Duke don't dance with pineapple. Whiskey gasps. He can't even have a drop. Pineapple juice. He just put pineapple juice in his whiskey. It's so dumb. But it's so dumb, it's brilliant. No, 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 Bertie. It's just dumb. <laughs> Lionel, Claire, and Bertie gather around their phones to read the news. Lionel reads out loud. It says here that she's survived by her sister, Helen. Oh, Helen! Yeah, you told me once about your sister, Helen. <gasps> 
You're Helen. <laughs> Blanc interrupts her genius revelation. Helen Brand, ladies and gentlemen. And now we have come to Helen's attempted murder, which I have to give you credit for. Did have a sound foundation for thought. You realize the opportunity laid in front of you. You have a house on a remote island filled with desperate people, all of whom who have a real reason to wish this woman harm. Furthermore, you have a loaded gun conveniently within reach and all the lights have been turned off. You've taken seven people, each of whom who has a real life wish to harm her, gathered them on a remote heavens. You dim-witted. Brainless jackass. Your one murder. With any panache at all, you stole the whole idea from me. What? Remember in the beginning? He was like, why would you do that? You're in a, you're putting a loaded gun on the table. There's a loaded gun in here. And what if the lights uh -huh. go off and you end up dead? He uh -huh. did that to facilitate Andy's murder or Helen's murder. And Lionel says, and after all that, you still kept the envelope? You didn't burn it or anything? Helen holds it up in Andy's writing. I got you, you son of a bitch. Whoa, 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 so down there, sister, okay? Because first of all, how could you even prove that was the original? She might have copied mine. No, the bar closed nine years ago and hers has one thing that yours doesn't, the logo of the glass onion underneath. Okay, but second, and he holds up the lighter in his pocket and literally burns the note right there. <laughs> and the Mona Lisa painting locks up. And everyone looks around in shock. What the hell did you do? He just burned. What? No, I didn't. I didn't do anything. Is someone making toast? It smells kind of burnt. Anyway, did anyone else see this smoking napkin Blanc is referring to? Did anybody? No? Okay, well, we just have some pretty big accusations flying around, except nobody has any idea because everybody has a foggy, clear conscience. Everybody is drunk, and there's nothing but circumspective evidence. Blanc rolls his eyes. Circumstantial. So if this was just us playing my murder mystery game that we should have been doing all weekend, then Blanc wins an iPad Pro this time. But this is the real world. And in the real world, you need a little bit more than a neat little detective story. You need evidence and you've got nothing, do you? Helen looks at Blanc with pleading eyes, but he looks defeated. He's right. The contents of that envelope and his possession of it were the only physical evidence. Right, wanna take that to the cops? Wanna take that to the courts? You pick your poison. Anywhere you go, it'll be your word against mine. How do you think that's gonna go? I think it's gonna go about like it went for your sister. Jesus. I do wanna say your sister was a complicated woman, Helen, but she meant the world to me. So sorry for your loss. And Helen looks around desperately. Nobody is standing up. Raise your hand and say, I saw him take Duke's gun. I saw him that night at Andy's house. I saw the napkin before he burned it. She looks each one of them in the eye, but they all just look away. You would lie for a lie, but you won't lie for the truth. And you're all still holding on to his titties, you shitheads. Blanc, I need you to do something, please. Blanc says, I'm sorry, Helen. I gave you the truth, and this is where my jurisdiction ends. I have to answer to the police and the courts and the system. There's nothing I can do, except maybe offer you some courage and just a reminder of why your sister walked away in the first place. So he hands her in one hand his glass, or a glass of whiskey. In the other hand, we don't know because she closes her hand around it. Why her sister walked away in the first place. She walks straight up to Miles, downs her glass of whiskey, and then shatters it on the ground. And he has all these glass sculptures everywhere, and she goes around staring at him, shattering all of them. And Miles smirks, leaned up against his dining table. He doesn't even care. But the others are almost encouraging her. Lionel's like, why the hell not? You go. Whiskey's laughing, and she drops one too. Bertie slams one onto the ground and screams, oh, that felt good. Claire is screaming, you go, Helen. And Mike's like, oh, really? You guys want to join in? <laughs> okay.
Okay. And he's just standing there while all his guests are smashing his sculptures and screaming and it feels freeing and Miles is laughing. Let it out, guys. Let it out. Let it all out. Miles even drops his own drink. Glass shatters it. Mazel tov! Helen goes around smashing furniture, the bar, the glass piano, everything, and runs up to Miles, grabs his lighter, and lights the whole bar on fire, which is, you know, that's alcohol, so it's gonna burn into flames. She's throwing pillows at it. Now the rest of the group are like, oh my god, we need a fire extinguisher. Like, this is too much. Helen, stop! And then the sprinklers turn on, and Helen walks straight up to Miles, gets in his face, and he said, Helen, walk away. Yeah, I will, with a reminder of why my sister walked away in the first place. And she opens up her palm, tiny little crystal, and she throws it into the fire and it mushrooms into a ball towards the ceiling and then boom, for a second everything is quiet and then the boom. All the glass is busted, it's like a whole thing. And Claire the governor screams, Hindenburg! <laughs> and the glass onion explodes and everything has caught on fire. The ceiling is crumbling down. Even Miles' beloved baby blue Porsche has fallen off the roof and tumbles through the ceiling into the living room. All the guests have fallen. They're blown back by the fire. The house is still on fire. Everything has fallen apart. Helen makes eye contact with Miles and they both stare at the Mona Lisa. Oh my god. It's a race now. Helen runs to the override button in the middle of the living room. Everyone's screaming, no! Miles is trying to tackle her, but she slams it open. The safety door opens, and the Mona Lisa is engulfed in flames. So they all assemble outside on the steps now, waiting for the cops to arrive. They're still stuck on the island. And Miles storms out. Oh, fantastic. That is so punk rock, okay? You think you're an alligator? You think you popped me like a gangster? You stupid little baby. You child. You feel better now? I hope your little bitch tantrum gave you some closure because it accomplished nothing. And Helen says, your fuel of the future just barbecued the most famous painting in the world, you dumbass. Congratulations on the public launch of Clear and the end of Miles Braun. You're ruined. And you did get your wish to be remembered in the same breath as Mona Lisa because his whole house ran on Clear. And mm -hmm. she threw a little Clear in there and it engulfed Mona Lisa and everything else. Mm -hmm. That's to show how dangerous it is. Like his whole reputation is ruined. His stocks are going to plummet. Everything's going to go down. And Miles says, no. No, gang, we all saw the same thing that happened. Am I right? She, she did that. It wasn't Clear. She lit Mona Lisa on fire. And the gang, covered in suit and ash, look up. And Bertie's the first one to talk. I saw the napkin that he burned. What? Yeah, and Claire goes, God, now that you mention it, I clearly saw him grab Duke's gun. And Lionel says, I saw him driving away from Andy's house the night she was killed. Oh, you heads. And with that, Helen walks away from the house as the rest sit there in despair. And from afar, they can see police boats headed their way. And while they wait for the boats on the shore, it's just Helen and Blanc sitting on the shore. And he says, did you get the son of a bitch? Yeah, you ready to go home? And the movie closes with the song Glass Onion by the Beatles. The lyrics go, I told you about the strawberry fields. You know the place where nothing is real? Well, here's another place you can go, where everything flows, looking through the bend, back tulips to see how the other half live looking through a glass onion. And that is the glass onion. So why did everyone turn on him at the end? I think they can't back Clear. Clear is dead. This is their only choice. Is mm. to at least say they were manipulated by Miles Braun. At the end, it's not a loving dubbing, but Clear is dead, Miles Braun is going down, so there's no point in backing him still. Even if they backed him, 
Who cares what his friends say about him? Clear is dead because of the house blew up? Yeah. I feel like they could have covered that, no? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I guess they didn't want to either. Yeah, I see. But who, how are they going to yes. get funded now? Like, they were riding on his back the whole time. Now what? Honey, um, do you want me to call up the producer or something? <laughs> like the screenwriter? You know, you'd be asking questions I don't know. <laughs> he said, now what? What's their business plan? <laughs> exactly. What's the five-year long-term vision? What about 10 years down the line? I just don't see how it works out. But that's it for today's video. If you're wondering where the baked goods are, they're done. They've been destroyed by clear. It smells like ass. I don't know why the dough smelled like poo-poo. And it's just not doughing like it's supposed to. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's BAM. I will be back next week with another BAM that I think is going to be a highly requested book. I hope you guys are looking forward to that. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye!